0: Now, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brian Anchinga Moranga and welcome to my podcast tonight. Now, today I want to talk about the 21st century Pan-Africanism and what it really means to be a Pan-Africanist in the 21st century. Now, for each and every individual, identity is intimately linked to personal experiences. So those experiences are usually very nuanced and complex, and can by can uh, I mean and can by no means be standardized. So here I share my own. My story will not speak to everyone, but it gave me opportunity and privilege of understanding what it means to be an African. It allowed me to believe in the strength and potential of African unity, be it economical, political, or cultural. Now, Pan-Africanism has been more prevalent and discussed among educated Africans of upper middle class. It is however very common uh, to see how, when traveling in in different countries, many young people relate concepts of African identity and unity. Uh, most, more specifically, I've seen on Facebook where Kenyans, Nigerians, South Africans, Ghanians, Senegalese are engaging on different my, uh, matters in regard to Pan-Africanism, and that is really encouraging. So Africa is immensely Africa is an immensely culturally diverse a continent from north to south, west to east, and yet it has managed to show that it can manage unite against common challenges as it was the case during the establishment of the organization of uh, African unity, when Ethiopian-led efforts managed to bring together the Monrovia and Casablanca group. That is uh, really, really, really important to note. Now, the current uh, and past leaders shared the great challenge of tackling poverty, developing our nation, and maintaining our unity. The leaders of tomorrow would inherit the same fight. Would they manage to create a stronger economies, greater integration, and stronger institutions that protect the rights of their people? That is the question we should be asking. Unity would help them in this challenge. And as an unconditional optimist, I have no doubt that Africa's future is bright, regardless of the formidable setbacks and challenges the continent faces. So what's to be done, according to my you know observation. So African leaders, especially its youth, should capitalize on the current digital era that has brought the Pan African narrative to a wider audience and the African unity closer. So by using this platform to engage in debates It should also foster links through the social media to engage the continental cultural exchanges through the travel. For example, with the famous Instagram page, VisitorAfrique, you can visit and see uh, uh, different sites that have been posted by the owner of that page. So through the increasing access to the internet and the global information, the young Africans have been able to be more aware of their, you know, political, cultural, and economic environment, which is a great thing. So, the 21st-century Pan-Africanism should make use of this age of information to advocate for, to advocate strongly for the repatriation of the looted African cultural property. Now, permanently displayed in many museums around the world. For for instance, this, uh, in America, in Britain, in Germany, in Italy, and so many. Countries throughout the world that are not African countries. This way, African youth will have the opportunity to reconnect with its history and culture. So, the EU, the African Union, and its member states you know, should also be more purposeful in using the potential of their diaspora to participate in the development of the continent and its well being. You know, the diaspora it's not only about the remittances and, but it's a chance for the economy to benefit from the talent, the expertise, the exposure it brings, you know, and all that. So Africa has the responsibility to seize the unique opportunity of having a you know, a growing young population. And this is something we should really celebrate, you know. We have a younger population that is growing and this is really this is an asset to tackle the many challenges that we are facing ahead. So the leaders must therefore invest in youth education, you know, establish fruitful exchanges among the African universities, and make sure, you know, to uh, encounter the brain drain that we are really experiencing as a country that is impacting the continent's ability to use its human resources. You know, the African government should tackle this issue by providing opportunities for young individuals with high potential which is, uh, that one would be of importance. Above all, Africa must look inward to find African solutions to African problems. Another very, very, very significant point. You know, Africa must solve African problems in an African way. We cannot depend on the imperialist, the white man, in everything that we do we must find our solution in an African way. For instance, in the ongoing uh, pandemic, the uh, so-called COVID-19, we've seen Madagascar come up with uh, COVID uh, organics, you know. That is an African solution. That is an African way in which, you know, Madagascar is dealing with this problem. We don't need to wait for the white man to come up with the vaccine so that we can be able to accept that that is the real uh, solution. So in my view, it is more important, it is more a question of, you know, ownership and shared responsibility among African countries to try to be self-reliant as possible. The past decade has proven that, you know, the concerns of African youth have shifted towards the great expectation for economic development and democracy. That is really a great thing, you know. They are fed up with seeing, you know, authoritarian leaders, like, um, you know, the, our neighboring country, uh, Uganda, Zimbabwe, you know, uh, the late '70s. Um, they use the Pan-African rhetoric, you know, for their own benefit to cling to power. That is really, really absurd. Something that we should not be experiencing in the 21st century. So, African leaders need to be more responsible accountable, and they need to cooperate as much as possible with each other for solutions that could be managed at the continental level. We don't need any other help from the outsiders because they don't understand Africans. So this implies, you know, focusing on increasing the continental dialogue, you know, perhaps through reinforcing legal political financial capabilities of the African Union, increasing, you know, intra-African trade, building strong partnerships and making use of local resources to tackle common problems. Uh, A good example I can give of such cooperative gesture can be seen in Algeria's decision back in 2013, yeah, to cancel the debt of several African countries. That was one of the best examples that you can give that how Africans can be able to, you know, help each other uh, immensely. The fact that there is a higher degree of cooperation and solidarity between African countries on issues that are mutually beneficial and interdependent is a proof that in certain areas, the situation is changing and solutions are found through regional and continental consultations. This being said, Africa is also... Africa is also Oh, Africa um, should also make use of the diversity of actors and partners it can engage for development of the continent. We should just sit and wait and become lax and wait. It is upon Africa to make use of the diversity of actors and partners who are willing to engage this continent for development. The increasing amount of actors with uh, vested interest in the continent gives African countries a more diverse pool of partners to work with on areas you know, of development, education, religion, security, and so on. Finally, from my wish of, uh, for Pan-Africanism is that it truly succeeds in advocating and making sure that the wealth of the continent will be used for the benefit of the African continent and all its people. Thank you very much. Uh, And thank you for joining me in my podcast.